Well, today, um, I want to show a picture to you. Show that picture of that, that human being. Anybody know who that guy is? That's not me with a mustache. Anybody? Hey, somebody, leave it to Mark. That guy right there, is, his name is Brent Lewis. Anybody ever heard of Brent Lewis? Yeah, just a few of you guys. Here's the cool thing about Brent Lewis. Brent Lewis never won a world champion, uh, championship, uh, you know, and he's a calf roper, by the way. Um, he never won a world championship, but I'm telling you, this guy is a rodeo legend. If you know anything about calf roping, you know this guy's name. Uh, there was a video that I saw this week, and in that video, it showed the highlights of his uh, Wrangler NFR. Uh, it was the Wrangler NFR in 2000. And here's the thing about it. He went in to that rodeo, and again, he had been there before, but he is an 11-time national qualifier for the, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, 11 times. He has won over $1.5 million, $1.5 million roping calves. And if you were to see the video, all the little calves that you see nowadays at the Wrangler National Finals, they, don't, they didn't exist back in the day. They were, they were flanking, you know, the, the three weights and the bigger calves. And this guy, yeah, he did it with ease. And he is an amazing rodeo legend. He trained two calf horse uh, horses of the year. One of them was the name, uh, he had a horse named Grumpy. Show the picture of Grumpy. Anybody know, notice anything on that horse's head? No bridle. No bridle, bridleless. He's roping a calf bridleless with a horse. And guess what? He, he bought this horse named Grumpy as a weanling for $180. $180. Some of you guys don't realize how big of a deal that is. But $180 for a, a little weanling, that is cheap. And that horse today, if that horse was still around, and it may be still around. I'm not sure, Mark, do you know? Horse, I don't know if that horse is still around. But I'm telling you, that horse, would be, it would be worth over $200,000. Easy. Because it was that amazing. And, and, and Brent Lewis trained that horse. He trained another horse of the year. But, but here's the thing about it. I, I watched this video, and I was listening to Brent, and I actually, uh, it, I actually called Brent, and I was trying to get an interview with him, but he never called me back. He, uh, he is buddies with Chance Means. Chance Means came to our church with his wife, Shanna. Remember this? And they sat on the stools with us. We interviewed them. Uh, Chance is a college national champion in the calf roping. And Chance's mentor and hero is Brent Lewis, this guy right here. And so I called Brent. I was going to try to get an interview. Maybe I'll have that by next week. Um, but anyways, I, I watched this video of Brent. And he began to talk about that year in 2000 where here, here's the results. You ready for this? this? The results in the year of 2000 at the Wrangler National National Finals Rodeo, he, he went and he placed in eight of the ten rounds. Placed in eight, and guess what? He won four rounds. He walked away in ten days with over $103,000 in ten days. I mean, he was the, I mean, he won the average that year. I mean, it was just an amazing, an amazing feat. And you say, well, what's the point? Well, here's what he said when he walked into that Wrangler National Finals in, in the year 2000. He said this, the best thing about that year was I was really mentally prepared. I had a great attitude. And again, the result was he won Four rounds of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. He placed in eight rounds out of the ten and walked away with $103,000. And he, and he, and he get, attributes it to having his mind prepared. You say, well, what's the point? Well, here's the point. Just like in, in rodeo, if you can, you know, be mentally prepared 
for any situation, maybe it's in any sport, but mentally prepared, guess what? You can have success. And here's the point. Just like in rodeo, I believe that if we are mentally prepared and if we have a mental game that is on, I believe that we can live life and have success in life. And so today, I want to start a series. And the title of this series is this, The Mental Game. The mental game, how godly thinking leads to godly living. How godly thinking leads to godly living. You say, oh, Bo, you've come off the deep end. You've been listening to too many uh, little, you know, positive gurus who say, go to your happy place. Go to your happy place and all your troubles will go away. And let's, let's smell incense and smoke some dope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe you don't have any friends like that. Maybe I don't either, but, you know, I've heard these gurus. I mean, they're on television telling you, just think about rainbows and butterflies, and and your life will get better. I'm thinking, you're full of crap, man. Your shorts are too tight or something. (laughs) I'm just telling you, I, I, I don't buy that. But here's the sad part about all these little positive gurus. I believe that it is because of, of these guys, maybe, or girls, or whoever they are, I believe that, that because of maybe all their, you know, positive thinking, guru type stuff, that it has caused many Christians to ignore the power of godly thinking. Godly thinking. You know what I think about when I think about positive thinking? I, again, I think it's a bunch of crap. But here's what, I've, here's what God said. It's not a bunch of crap. And I'm going to show you. And he has shown me in the last few months, in the last year of my life, how godly thinking can change your life. Um, And so I want to show you some of that today. I've been praying for each of you this week. Um, I, I believe with all my heart that God wants to change your life. I believe that he can change your life. And I believe that this message in this series is going to turn a lot of your lives around. Because it's that powerful. And so you say, well, why is it so important? Well, number one is this. How we think determines how we live. I want you to get this because, again, you're thinking positive guru, Bo needs a turban on his head, little bitty symbols, you know, all that stuff. No, listen, how we think determines how we live. I'll show you in my own life. Back in the day when I was young and naive, and that wasn't too far, you know, long ago, but back in the day when I was young and naive, I looked at my uh, pastor and I looked at our youth pastor and I thought, you guys got a cush job. You know what I'm saying? I mean, back in the day before I became a youth minister and a pastor, I said, you guys got a cush job. I mean, especially my youth minister. I was like, all you got to do is eat, you know, donut holes and, you know, play with children all day, play with games and all that. And then I became one. And do you know why I have all this gray? It's because of teenagers. And then, guess what? I became a pastor, and it got even better. (laughs) I mean that facetiously, but it it got even better. And I'm not a whiner. I don't like whiners. My kids, I'll bust their butt if they whine a whole lot. But but I just want to be honest with you today. You know, I, I... I struggle with mental struggles, and some of you guys are like, we know, we, we know that for sure, but, but, but here's what I learned about being a pastor, and, and I learned this pretty quick. The, usually, the first person that they call when their life goes to pot is the pastor. The first or second, probably the second person when someone dies, uh, the second person that they call besides the funeral home is the pastor. 
I hear more stories of hurt. I hear more stories of, of um, you know, just people people's pain than I do victory and success. Um, when it comes to preaching a message, I figured out really quick that you have to study. Anybody with me? I mean, you, you got to write, uh, I call it a term paper every week. <laughs> and yet take studying, and that studying is tedious. And, and, and preaching physically drains me mentally and physically. I've said it before, but preaching is like, it's like giving birth on Sunday and finding out you're pregnant on Monday. <laughs> I mean, I finally found an illustration that relates to women. I'm just telling you, it is. I mean, I give birth on Sunday, and then all of a sudden on Monday, I wake up with morning sickness. I call it a holy hangover. And I'm just like, where's the porcelain throne? Because I need to hug it, you know. And so, but preaching, it's work. It's mentally and physically, you know, it takes a toll on me. Uh, sometimes I really feel like I don't, I don't preach very well. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I have to deal with, you know, preaching and then leading staff, and and then, you know, we're building a building, and I, I oversee some of that, and it's overwhelming sometimes. And here's here's what I've learned: if I'm not prepared mentally, I can live a life of defeat. I can live a life of depression. I can live a life that's overwhelmed. I can be overly sensitive. I can snap at my wife. I can snap at my kids. I can be stressed out. And, and, and to be honest, sometimes I want to quit. I'm not proud of that, but I'm just being real. But here's the thing. I have prayed to God and I've said, God, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Again, it's not something I'm maybe proud of, but I, I just prayed that. I said, God, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And, and something has to change in my life. And here's God's answer to me, and I believe that he wants to say this to maybe some of you. He said, Bo, guess what? I don't want you to change what you do. And by the way, the thing that you're doing is just going to get bigger. Amen? Amen. And so he said, he said, hey, Bo, I, I don't want you to change what you do. Again, I've called you to do this, and, and it's going to get bigger. But here's what he said, and this may be speak to you. I want you to change how you think about what you do. <laughs> I mean, some of you, I look around and I think, man, you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you have dealt with things, and it was the mental battle that, kill, that killed you more than anything. I mean, you could, you get, you maybe lost an arm or lost an eye or whatever physically, and that stuff's horrible in and of itself. But at the end of the day, it's usually the mental game that's going to kill you. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what God said to me. He says, "Hey, Bo, I don't want you to stop what you do. I don't want you to change jobs. I don't want you to quit. I want you to change how you think about what you do." And here's the truth. How I think about what I do can either lead me to live a life to the fullest or it can lead to my defeat. It can lead to being depressed. It can lead to being down. And I'm just guessing here, I think it's probably the same for you. Anybody with me? Anybody raise their hand and just say that maybe, maybe that's me? (laughs) I'm just telling you. It's just the way that it is. And so I'll give you another example of how God's maybe changed my thinking. Instead of thinking, man, you know, life stinks. So many hurting people. So many marriages, you know, struggling. I have to be in the middle of it. Here's what God said to me. He said, Bo, I want you to change your thoughts to this. I want you to 
Thank, I want you to say this in your mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share the amazing healing comfort with those that are hurting. Thank you, Lord, for using me to give hope in Christ in the midst of people's hell. Are you, do you see the difference? I mean, I could say, man, I, this life stinks. Man, now all this hurt, all this pain, all this stuff. But God said, hey, I want you to, wait. I want you to change the way that you think about it. I mean, I'll give you another example. I mean, I hate... I don't say hate. I, I don't like reading. I don't like typing a term paper and calling it a sermon. But here's what God said. God, God said, hey, Bo, I want you to change the way you think about it. I want, you to, I want you to think this. I get to read the greatest book ever written. <laughs> here, here's the other thing. On top of that, I get to share the greatest message ever told. And I get to do it every week. What an honor and what a privilege. Amen. I mean, again, that's what God wants me to change, you know, in my thinking. Sometimes, again, I, I leave, you know, church and I think I'm the worst pastor ever. I mean, I stunk that up. I preached like crap today. And God, he says, Bo, I want you to change the way you think about that. I want you to think this. It's not even about me anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's an attack on my pride. It's not even about me anyways. God promises that no matter how bad I screw it up, his word will never not accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. And so, so here's the point. Godly thoughts, godly, you know, thinking, thoughts that are filled with truth, guess what? They don't need really to change, you know, the way that you live. They, they can change who you are. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, the Bible backs it up. Look at uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, and you can say the underlined word with me. It says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. Holy crap. For as I think, so I am. So what does that tell me? So here's what it tells me. If I'm thinking wrong, guess what? I'm going to Live, and I'm going to be discouraged. I'm going to be defeated. I'm going to be stressed out. I'm going to be drained. I'm not going to have energy. But if I think God's way and I allow him to lead my thoughts, I am better at everything that I do. I'm just telling you. You say, well, give me an example. Well, I'm a better follower of Jesus Christ when I'm thinking right. You know why? I'm more willing to say yes when he tells me to do something. I'm more willing to be obedient. I'm more willing to embrace whatever comes my way because I'm thinking God's way. I'm a better husband when I'm thinking right. I don't snap. I don't, I don't get stressed out and I don't take it out on my wife when I'm thinking right. I'm a better preacher when I don't deliver a message the way that I feel like I should. I don't beat myself up as much. That's one I'm still trying to work on. I become a better father. Instead of letting the, the, the trials and all the crap that I go through during the week and all the stuff that I deal with and, and taking it out on my kids and not wanting to play and not wanting to smile, not wanting to throw the ball, not wanting to do all that stuff, which, again, I struggle with, I am a better father when I think God's way. I'm just telling you because it's, it's powerful. I, I, I'm a better friend. I, I walk in strength and I walk not defeated. I experience less stress. And you say, well, why? 
Well, it's because I'm thinking God's way, not my way. And it's making me who God wants me to be. And so you say, well, okay, Bo. So if how we de- you know, think determines how we, uh, you know, who we are or how we live, then how does God want us to think? I mean, if it's true that it determines who we are and how we live, how does he want us to think? Well, the Paul, the Paul, Paul, the writer of, of most of the New Testament, wrote a book called Philippians. And in that book, guess what? He gives us some answers. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So you say, well, you know, what does he want me to think? Well, Paul tells us that we, if we want the peace of God, if we want to live the way that he wants us to live, then we have to fix our thoughts on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. I mean, we got to think about things that are true and that are honorable and right, pure, lovely, admirable. Then we will have the peace of God all over us. I don't know if you need to hear this, but I do. I'm preaching to myself. If I could turn around to myself, I would. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I don't know if you struggle with mental attacks like I do, but I, I, I and, and I'll tell you when they happen, you know, again, this may be too much information, but it's usually right before I go to bed. The devil starts kicking me in the face and saying, hey, you're an idiot, bud. You, you screwed up today. You didn't love your kids enough or, you know, all this stuff. Or when I wake up in the morning, early in the morning, and no one's, you know, awake and it's quiet, that's usually when he attacks me. And so I'm learning this. I'm learning this from my own experience that how I think determines how I live. And so here's the second point. You ready? It leads me to this. Number two is this. The power of godly thinking comes from the power of God's word. Let me say it again. The power of godly thinking comes from the power of God's word. It's not about the power of positivity. It's not about thinking happy thoughts that determines who you are. It's about the power of God's word and how he can change your thinking into the way that he wants you to to change it. Because here's what I've learned. It's not about me changing me. It's about God changing me. I want you to hear that again. It's not about me working on me, me trying harder. I'm just going to, you know, go, you know, do this, or I'm going to think this, or I'm going to believe this. No, listen, it's not about me changing me. It's about God changing me. And to be able to, to, yeah, thank you. I got one clap out of that. I'm on a roll. And so, again, it's about, it's about trusting God and his word and applying it to our lives. And you say, well, I, you know, how does God do that through his word? Well, look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, all scripture, which is the word of God, which is the Bible, is God-breathed and useful for what? Correcting, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Listen, I read that verse about a hundred or a thousand times in my life, and I never thought about it when it came to my thoughts. You know what it's saying? It's saying, you know, if you want to, you know, think God's way, you got to allow the Word of God to teach uh, teach you. You say, what does it teach us? It teaches us how to think. You say, 
What does it rebuke? I mean, if it, if it has the power to rebuke, what does it rebuke? It rebukes wrong thoughts. You, you say, well, what does it correct? I mean, what's it going to correct? It's going to correct the way that we think. The Word of God. The Word of God does it. You say, what does it train? I mean, training us to do what? To think what is right. I'm just... <clears throat> I mean, I'm floored by this teaching because it's just so powerful. You know, in Philippians 4, it tells us to th- you know, what to think about, whatever's true, honorable, right, so on. So what is true? Well, the Word of God is true. What is honorable? What God says in His Word is honorable. What is right? What God says in His Word is right. What is pure? What God says in His Word is pure, not what the world says. What is lovely? What is admirable? Are, those are the things that God's called it loved, you know, lovable or lovely or admirable in his word. And so the fact is this, we can think happy thoughts all day long, but it's the truth and the power of God's word that makes the difference. It makes a supernatural difference. I'm going to say it again. The devil is a spiritual being. He's not a human being. And the only way to defeat something that is spiritual is to use spiritual weapons. Amen? I mean, again, you can drink it away. You can smoke it away. You can try to do all those things, but it's never going to get rid of all the the thoughts in your mind until you turn to something that is supernatural to kill supernatural arrows from the devil. I'm just telling you, that's just the way it rolls. And so how we think determines how we live. Number two, the power of godly thinking comes from the power of God's word. And number three, and this is my favorite, and this is where I'll I'll end it today. Number three, thinking right comes from talking to myself, not listening to myself. (laughs) I'm just, I'm going to let that one set in. That one's so good. Thinking right comes from talking to myself, not listening to myself. How many of you guys talk to yourselves? It's okay. We're all weird. We're all weird. It's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you, you know, ever talk to yourself, but sometimes, you know, it gets you pumped up. I mean, before the big game, you know, I mean, I don't see, you know, in the NBA finals, I don't see, you know, Steph Curry and all those guys going, well, let's get out there. No, they, what do they do before the game? They pump themselves up. They're like, we're going to do this. We're going to take the finals. We're going to beat LeBron. They go, Warriors on three. Where is it? Cavaliers. Come on. Cavaliers. Warriors. That's what I'm talking about. Warriors. But, but guess what? Before, before all those events or, you know, maybe before you speak, if you go, you know, teach stuff around the world or if you, you know, teach classes or whatever you do, you know, maybe it's a business deal that you're going into and you want to make a deal. You don't just walk in there just like, you know, thinking, you know, maybe you do. And this is again where you're defeated. I'm not going to do very good. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to present this very well. They're not going to want to hire me. Again, that, you know what that is? That's the lies of the devil, and he is defeating you. And if you listen to yourself, you're going to be defeated. But here's what I've learned. I can talk to myself, and I can overcome those things. And so we don't listen to ourselves. We talk to ourselves. I'll give you another example of this. There, there, there's another uh, roper. He's a team roper. His name's Jake Barnes. Anybody ever heard of Jake Barnes? Yeah, seven-time world champion. He wrote an article, and I want you to hear what he said in this article. The article, uh, the name of the article is Put a Positive Spin on the Mental Games. And this is what he says. He, He says, this is a tough, tough mental game. 
So many things in this sport can go either way and affect you for a long time. Maybe you drew that pup and won a buckle at the first junior rodeo. Or instead, you drew the zigzagger and fell off and and could hear the crowd laughing. Anybody ever fallen off a horse and everybody laughed at you? Come on now. Or uh, a break here and there, you know, can change everything in either direction. We live in a negative world and are taught so much negativity from the start. When things are going great, some people are just waiting for disaster to strike around the next corner. Here's what he says. We all need to learn to renew our minds. I mean, he just threw Jesus into roping. You know what I'm saying? I mean, renew our minds. That comes straight from the Word of God because we live in a society that dwells on the bad stuff. And listen to what he says. He says, instead of worrying about the little horns because you missed last time you drew a steer like that, I like to turn it around and tell myself. You catch it? Did I I inflect on that or whatever that word is hard enough? He tells himself, I love little horns. I never wave off of little horns. I, and, and, this, and he goes on to say, I even rehearse my victory lap in my mind before I rope in a high-pressure you know, situation. I've been there before and envision doing it again. Then I think about how much fun it's going to be to pick up that big check in the next couple hours. Are you with me? You say, Bo, I don't know if that works. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about all that junk. He's, he's a seven-time world champ. Buckle, gold buckles don't lie. You know what I'm saying? I mean, did you hear what he said? He says, I don't listen to the thoughts of my past mess-ups. I don't listen to the fear of, of missing, you know, little horns. I don't listen to the thoughts that say, you're going to fall off again if you go too fast. I, I don't listen to the thoughts that say, you can't rope small horn cattle. I tell myself, I love little horns. I never wave off little horns, and I'm going to renew my mind. You say about... You say, Bo, that's Jake Barnes. And again, that probably goes back to the, you know, the positive thinking gurus. No, listen, uh, Jake Barnes is a, one of the greatest believers and Christians that ever walked the face of the earth. And he loves Jesus with all his heart. And here's what he's learned. He's learned that if he can control his thoughts and through the power of God renewing his mind, then he can be better at what he does. Guess what? It can work in our lives as well. It's not just about a sport. It can work in our lives as well. And and you say, is this biblical? Absolutely. Listen to Jeremiah, the writer of Lamentations. Listen to what he says. The faithful love the Lord, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. What does he say? What does he say there? I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Guess what? He's speaking to himself. Psalm 42, the writer of Psalm 42, listen to what he says. He's talking to himself and he says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He's speaking to his own soul. And guess what? We can find victory in that. And the power of declaring the hope of God can speak hope all in our lives. 
I'm just telling you, it works. So I'll close with this. You know, I've started a, um, a new spiritual discipline in my life. Um, and you say, well, what's a spiritual discipline? A spiritual discipline is, is something like reading the Bible every day. That's a discipline or a habit. Uh, it's like praying every day. It's a, you know, it's just something you do. It's a spiritual discipline. It takes discipline to do it and you, and you just practice it. And, 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 you know, again, I, <clears throat> this is what it's like for me, but, um, when I hear a good preacher preach, um, it encourages me. It gets me pumped up. And some of you guys are like, well, you know, you, you may not know how that feels <laughs> because it's like, show me a good preacher and I'll get pumped. You know, I'm just kidding. But anyways, <laughs> I know you was thinking that. But uh, anyway, so I, when I hear good preaching, it, it gets me pumped up. And, and so, you know, I'm excited. I want to take on the world. I want to, you know, tackle everything that comes my way. Well, here's what I've learned. Preaching to myself can be just as powerful. Some of you guys are like, you're really weird now. But here's the thing. I've learned that, that if I can preach to myself, if I can, you know, claim thoughts and, and, you know, prepare my mind, I can overcome, you know, a lot of things. And so that's what I've done. I've made a list of things that I preach to myself. And I do this almost every day. I've got it on a piece of paper in my office. I've actually framed it. It's in a frame. And it's a list of things, truths that I claim and that I declare over my own life. And I want to share a few of those with you. Is that okay? I am a child of God, and I say this out loud. Sometimes I do it on my knees. This has changed my life, and it's going to change your life. I am a child of God. Jesus Christ is first in my life. He is my hope and my strength. I am blessed and highly favored. I can do all that God has called me to do through Him. Because of Christ, I am strong and courageous. I love my wife and kids and they love me. I will serve my wife humbly and put her needs above my own. I will train my kids to love Jesus first and ride for his glory. I will teach them to walk in purity as they seek the mate that God has for them. I will have fun with my wife and kids, and I will laugh a lot. (laughs) That's just the start of it. That's just the start of what I say. Then I say, I love and serve people. I'm the man that God chose to lead our church. I will not be anxious, but will ask God for help. I fight for the souls of man. I am equipped for the job through the power of the Holy Spirit. I will reach unchurched people. I will lead with confidence and humility. I will make decisions out of faith, not fear. I, will, I, I don't have to prove myself to anyone, but will serve others out of my love for them and for God. I have the privilege of preaching the gospel and will do so with all my might. I will enjoy the ride. I will succeed in Christ. See, here's what I've learned. I have learned that the power of God's truth can change your life. It's changing mine, and I can believe it can change yours as well. Here's the cool thing. In the next few weeks, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to try to teach you some of the other things that I've learned, some practical ways, you know, that can change the way that you think about life. And so I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, maybe you're here today, and you're like, man, what is the deal? Why is everybody so wired here? Why are they pumped up? Well, we have reason to be grateful. (laughs) 
because we know Jesus. But some of you are here today, and I want to ask you a few questions. Is your thinking, is it, is it godly? Is it filled with hope? Is it filled with strength? Is it filled with power? Or do you walk around defeated and discouraged? Nobody's looking around. Everybody's heads bowed and eyes are closed. I just want to ask, how many of you guys would say, you know what, majority of the time I I walk around defeated. My thoughts are, are always attacking me. Would you just raise your hand? Anybody? Yeah. Thank you. All across the barn. Yep, mental, mental battles, mental attacks. Here's what I would ask you next. Are you, are you trying to overcome those destructive thoughts on your own, or are you applying God's word and filling your mind with God's word? Again, are you, are you listening to the doubt and the discouragement and the lies, or are you speaking life-giving truths over your thoughts? Here's what I've learned, and I'm continuing to learn. Our thoughts lead us to either victory or destruction. So the question is, where are your thoughts taking you? Are they leading you to depression? Are they leading you to destruction, discouragement, doubt? All the things that, again, are the lies of the devil. And and, and again, we all struggle with all, you know, most of those things, if not all of them. But are they getting the best of you or are you finding victory over your thoughts? Here's, here's the fact. Your trials and the attacks, guess what? Until you get to heaven, they're not going away. But here's the truth. You can overcome the attacks. You can win the battle. It may be daily. It may be weekly. It may be monthly. But you can win the battle. You just have to use the right weapon. And that weapon comes from a supernatural God. And so listen, maybe you're here today and you've been trying to overcome all the thoughts and the the bad thinking and just your, you know, maybe an addiction or whatever it is that that you deal with. Listen, you're trying to, oh, I'm just going to wish those away. Oh, I'm just going to drink those away. I'm going to smoke those away. I'm going to, you know, get into a new relationship and hope they go away. And I'm just going to sit and lay in bed and watch TV till I fall asleep. Listen, all of that stuff will never give you lasting victory. It's only found in God. And so maybe you're here today and you need to make some commitments. Maybe you just need to pray this with me. Maybe in your heart, you just need to pray these things. God, change my thinking. God, change the way that I think about my life. Change the way that I think about myself, my job, my family, my relationships. Change the way that I think. God, I I know that I have been trying to find victory over those things that are attacking me on my own. And today, I commit to using the right weapon. I commit 
to, to diving into your word every morning, every night, whenever it is, of an afternoon, at lunchtime, whatever it is, Lord, I am committing to reading your word daily and filling my mind with the truth and the power of your word. Lord, teach me and show me what it is to have godly thinking so that I can have victory, not defeat. Listen, I hope maybe you just prayed that with me. Like I said, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk even more about this. And we're going to learn how we can, you know, again, set ourselves up for victory through the power of godly thinking. And so I hope that you'll be back next week and the week to come as we break these things down. And I'm going to give you some practical ways to be able to, to, to overcome, again, the attacks of the devil. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for how you work in my life. I thank you for my struggles. I thank you for my trials. I thank you for allowing me to pastor this church. I thank you for the amazing people in this church. I thank you for all the heartache and all the pain and all that stuff that, that all of us have to go through. And I just pray that you would just help to use it for your glory. Where we have so much to be thankful for. We just have to get our, our thoughts on things that are right, things that are that are true, things that are that are noble, things that are lovely, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy, so that we can find victory. So Lord, teach us to do that. Show us what that looks like. And may you receive all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.